Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything. Prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it. Plus, I tried a couple of less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this new newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thanks for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. Today, I'm chatting about a concept called generous assumptions. Um, this is the name of the post. So if you want to actually locate it, it is at lisamcfarland.com. Search for generous assumptions. Whether we find ourselves as leaders in our workplaces, families, or communities, many of us have experienced the frustration of trying to help someone that may not seem to help themselves. We don't need to be leaders even to be familiar with the dynamic of feeling like we're throwing everything we have at a situation, but the loved one or ones in the center of tension seems to do nothing or worse, make the situation harder still by action or non-action. For example, when Zach was in his teenage years, he threw tantrums. Although not a big guy, 80 pounds at age 21, I often think of him as small but mighty. These tantrums would sometimes lead to physical injuries of Zach and of me and of property or aggression against total strangers. I'll never forget being in Washington, D.C. to support a friend in a Find a Cancer Cure march, after which Zach, from his stroller, reached out and literally punched a stranger. I thought that person would really or could really hurt us in retaliation. Fear set in, but mercifully the stranger didn't punch back. Another example of this dynamic is trying to help someone financially, only for them to end up in more debt than when they started, or supporting loved ones through addiction, who eventually succumb to relapse, or helping someone pay tuition only for them to blow off class. In your own experience, if you're so inspired, Recall someone who just didn't seem to be as dedicated to, quote-unquote, helping themselves as you were to helping them, and sense the anger narrative that can sometimes result. What I now know that would have been valuable to understand in my younger years through some of the judgment I placed on a seeming apathy or failure to do what I thought was best is that our job is not to fix others. 
Taking it a step further, I now even have the perspective to generously assume all individuals, myself included, do the best we can with what we have to work with in any given situation. Not only does a generous assumption take us off the hook for trying to control others to show up the way we think they should, or as we think we would, but it allows us to extend compassion in the larger sense of, not only is my loved one in crisis, but she has no ability to navigate it. When we do this, we detach from our perceived and regular roles in quote-unquote helping or by fixing, and we move toward a different dynamic, which is one of presence and no judgment. For example, I'm here with you, and although I may not be able to make it better, I do not judge you for what you're doing as it's what you know to do. If we return to the tantrum example with Zach, instead of feeling helpless, defeated, and victimized when Zach and I would quote-unquote scuffle, if I'd made this generous assumption, Zach is doing what he knows how to do. Not only might have I might I have opened to the reality that without words and the ability to articulate emotions of his own fear, anger, sadness, and frustration, he only had the option of acting it out in a physical aggression. I would have also let myself off the hook via acceptance and brought loving kindness to those moments instead of exacerbating them by bringing my judgment, anger, and feelings of helplessness to the party. Now, when I notice Zach is ramping up toward a potential meltdown, I quickly move to curiosity instead of reaction. I ask questions like, what is in our environment that's making him uncomfortable? What intervention can happen to avoid a full blowout? What am I missing? What's happening to him? These questions are an alternative to the former narrative of, here we go again, and we can't go anywhere, and I am a victim, and on and on and on. Yes, this can be exhausting, but no less so than trying to exercise control of something over which I have none, then blaming the person who I'm trying to help in the first place by scorning their inability to generate the response I deem appropriate. Assuming everyone is doing their best also obviates the experience of they can do more, they are withholding better choices intentionally. Again, this depersonalizes the situation and pulls us out of our role. It makes room for compassion, presence, and love. I now realize Zach wasn't hitting a stranger to make a quote-unquote bad choice and put us all in danger. He was communicating with the only language he had at the time. So here's to the generosity we can give to others and ourselves by assuming we are already doing our best with what we have to work with. That is a generous assumption that we can all benefit from. So thank you for listening to this episode of The Healing Path. And it's um, it's just always a good reminder to question and uh, be curious about why a certain thing is happening and not put our own labels on it. Labeling is, it's almost like um, 
villainizing the person who is either acting out as the case in the example with Zachary, or if it's an inaction, someone failing to engage or pursue something in a way in which you think would be good, and they're not doing it. And so it takes you out of that judgment zone with that person. And it allows you to just assume that they're doing the best that they can do, because the truth is that they probably and most likely are. And what we don't want to do is add salt to the wounds when people are in need by giving any kind of a judgment or giving any kind of um, evaluation that is that you don't approve or something like that. What they need is to know that we love them and that whatever their choices are, have been, or maybe that our love for them doesn't change, um, even if, you know, it shows up in different ways with different relationships. So I know that I am open and welcoming all the generous assumptions that hopefully are coming my way. And I do believe that this is a great way to just remember we're all human, we all make mistakes. And if we just um, keep it keep in mind that we're all doing the best we can, we make it easier for everybody involved. So try it out. Have some fun with that. And if you have anything to share, of course, go to lisamcfarland.com and post your experience in the comments. Don't keep them to yourself. <laughs> and as always, thanks for joining this episode of The Healing Path. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And as always, I thank you for listening. <laughs>